0: Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The biggest breaking news stories and outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio.
1: Good morning to you. It's Thursday, the 11th of November, Armistice Day, of course. You're listening to Breakfast with me, Julia Hartley-Brewer, on Talk Radio. As well as listening, you can, of course, also watch the show live. Talk Radio is now on your TV. Download the Talk Radio TV app or go to talkradio.tv for details on how to watch. Coming up, Boris Johnson is hit back at Tories-Lee's allegations, insisting the UK is not remotely a corrupt country while speaking at the COP26 climate summit. The Prime Minister said MPs face tough scrutiny and those who broke the rules should be punished. And it's the penultimate day of the COP26 summit in Glasgow. China. China and U.S. have agreed to meet some goals set out in the 2015 Paris Agreement. Is it all just hot air, though? Meanwhile, though, front pages of the newspapers rather more concerned with Meghan, the Duchess of Sussex, has apologised for inadvertently misleading a court over whether she briefed and allowed a senior aide to brief the authors of a biography about her invading her own privacy. But she forgot about it. 6:34 is the time. This is Talk Radio. Good morning to you. This is Talk Radio Breakfast with me, Julia Hartley Brewer. Lots to talk about today. And yes, there are lots of very, very serious and important stories that must be talked about. Uh, big issues. Look, we've got care workers facing the sack as of today uh, because they've not been double jabbed. I think we've got major issues, the threats of a vaccine passports, so our freedoms. COP26 summit either they're going to do something, apparently, to tackle climate change, uh, or we're just going to all end up spending basically uh, the rest of our lives living in penury uh, to fulfil some. Uh, pie-in-the-sky political aims. But um, Tory sleaze, politics corrupt in this country or not? The Prime Minister says not. The story I want to open with, though, is all about Meghan. And if you've only just woken up and don't know the details, you'll understand why in a few moments. Joining me for all the chat this morning is Benjamin Butterworth, who's a senior reporter at the i newspaper. Good morning to you. Good morning, Julia. Um, It's a lot of fun, this Meghan story, is it not? Uh, well you say it's fun. I find it pretty shocking actually. You know the... You are you shocked that, that Megan has, well, has I terrible mean, I suppose, amnesia?
0: Well, I suppose I'm not shocked. Uh, In principle, I I was always a bit suspicious of some of her claims. It all seemed very convenient. But somehow I am shocked by how badly she's dealt with it. You know, how easily how easy it was to come out in a court case caused by her.
1: Well, indeed. Well, let's let's give the background to this. So the front pages of an awful lot of the papers, uh, just just to give you a taste of where we are. The Sun. Uh, little Miss Forgetfulness, Duchess bomb, uh, uh, Duch- Duchess book bombshell. Daily Mail: I Have Duchess apologises to court after new evidence from Williams' aid. Daily Telegraph: Meghan admits she misled court um, and. Uh, uh, the mirror. I'll, um, I'll call him daddy. It will pull at heartstrings is their uh, headline. And explosive new evidence. Meghan says, sorry, the Daily Express. And uh, Daily Star have got it. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, with pictures of Harry and Meghan with, of course, black strip-outs to hide their identity. Now, the story is basically, of course, it's High Court cases. Now, actually, the Court of Appeal uh, the Mail on Sunday. She has been suing the Mail on Sunday on the basis they um, basically um, invaded her privacy uh, by, by publishing a letter that, privately she wrote to her, husband, her, her father Thomas Markle uh, ahead of uh, uh, the wedding, uh, dear daddy letter, and this got exposed. And she says this is an incredible invasion of her privacy. Their defence has always been in Associated Newspapers that she invades her own privacy all the time, and that she probably intended this letter to be uh, in the public eye because her father uh, always, you know, revealed everything. Now, um, the, in the uh, in the case that is being brought, the appeal right now in the Court of Appeal, uh, it emerged after evidence from Jason Nuff. Now he used to be press secretary to Harry. Uh, and Meghan but is now actually working for the the William and Kate the Cambridge's Royal Foundation um but uh, but uh, he he gave evidence not only that he had briefed the uh, the uh, the authors of the biography about the Harry and Meghan, Finding Freedom, the one we've heard so much about, Meghan and Harry have always denied speaking to the authors, always denied having any role in this book, which had an awful lot of very intimate details and their versions of events and was very sympathetic to them. He He said that not only did he have a two-hour meeting with these authors that he did it at her behest and he produced a whole chain of emails and text messages, even including down to her saying that she would address the letter to her father as dear daddy because it would tug at people's heartstrings if and when it was ever published. She uh, yesterday issued a witness statement to the court in which she apologised for misleading the court, said she had absolutely no wish or intention to mislead the defendant or the court um, and uh, conceded that uh, uh, that uh, Jason Nuff uh, had actually offered information with my knowledge, she said. So is it conceivable, is it even conceivable that someone like her, who cares so much about her privacy, that she would bring a court case against a newspaper for invading it, that she forgot that she briefed uh, her, her own staff to brief the authors of a book all about her?
0: You know, I forget where I put a pair of socks or I I dropped something down the sofa, but I've never quite forgotten, uh, you know, briefing one of my members of staff about a story that has been the biggest news for the past couple of years. It's an extraordinary thing to have forgotten. And I think a lot of people will look at this and what it says is that she's maybe opportunist, uh, calculating, quite cynical about the whole process. You know, that that letter to her father that was uh, published in the Mail on Sunday to say that she would call him daddy rather than dad or his name in order to, in her words, pull at the heartstrings, is an extraordinarily cynical thing to do. And then to take the mail on Sunday to court to say, I can't believe it was leaked. I mean, this really unravels the entire set yeah. of claims.
1: I mean, there is, of course, the, the court case rests on the fact, you know, the, the, the copyright was owned by her. I, I People who don't know much about copyright, as, as indeed are, I, I have not over the years. Um, yeah, you, the, the letter, even though it is sent to him, and it's the le- he owns the physical letter at that point, and he chose to give it. It wasn't sort of, you know, it wasn't Stolen from him, he gave it to the newspaper or sold it to the newspaper to publish. Um, she still owns the copyright of the actual words, um, and so there is there the, there is that aspect of the case. But then there's the invasion of privacy side, so, and the whole de- defence of the of the Mail on Sunday has been, but but she invades her privacy. She you know she she puts out stories about herself all the time, so mm. she cannot claim that she's trying to protect her privacy. Their claim has been that, you know, four members of her closest entourage of friends uh, had briefed a, you know, a magazine in the States all about their private life. But, but this, I mean, she's not going to get done for perjury. She didn't give a witness statement when she did this, but it is it is completely unbelievable. It is nonsense that she forgotten this. She yeah. would have known. I mean, again, the the, the fact that the point, when, you, when you're briefing your own lawyers, you'll have to have gone through all these documents. You'll have been asked to go through your own emails and things. She would have found these messages that she had sent. So it is laughable. Does this just sort of totally undermine her? I mean, we look, we've had the hypocrisy issue. We've had the fact that you know, Piers Morgan, who's you know, going to be my, my colleague here when we come over to talk TV, I'm delighted to say, he basically lost his job because he refused to apologise for saying something which he believed, and I think we all believed was true at the time, which was that you can't believe a single word that that Meghan says um, on GMB. Now, he was right all along. I defended him straight after that. He basically lost his job over that. She herself complained to the head of ITV. Um, But what he said was true. You can't believe she doesn't even tell the court the truth.
0: Well, I think that's absolutely clear at this point. And also, you know, the example of Piers Morgan is very revealing because ITV had decided to keep him after the initial row mm. that he had over her views, mm. and then it was when she rang, as you say, that they changed their mind. So, you know, this isn't just somebody who has left the royal family to be yeah. a celebrity. This is someone that has huge and sometimes direct influence. It's not just on major tittle, It's not
1: just silly tabloid tittlehattle. Yeah, that's exactly. the thing. It's not. It's about, but also, Yesterday, I mean, this was emerging in court yesterday. On that very day, we've got it emerging. You know, Harry and Meghan are doing this interview about how tabloids are all uh, toxic and um, you can't believe anything. You know, you think, really, mm. <laughs> on that day, well, the precisely- hypocrisy is just staggering.
0: And I think, you know, what's most shocking as well is that this book, Freedom, that was written by a writer Finding called... Freedom, yeah. Finding Freedom, pardon me, uh, called Omid Scobie. And he had told the court, I didn't speak to the Duke and Duchess, which is technically true. But what it turns out is that she was briefing specifically what would go via this press secretary to Omid Scobie, yeah. the author of that book. And so, you know, clearly that her words and Prince Harry's words were making its way into that book yeah. via another route. I and mean, that is incredibly cynical. But also, you know, thinking about Prince Harry this is a guy that has spent this is his own family let okay. alone the firm yeah. and to turn on his family like that I think is, is pretty uncomfortable I, to find out. I mean it's
1: pretty uncomfortable also the fact that this man uh, who who gave this evidence Jason enough in court yesterday now works, I mean he was working for the Cambridges and the Wales and and, and the Sussexes at the same time and now he works for the foundation uh, the charitable foundation set up by the uh, uh, by William and Kate. So you know someone from inside the royal family you, you know, closest entourage um, giving this evidence, I mean utterly damning. Again it's not hearsay, he produced the emails the text messages. I mean, this is very... I mean, you, I mean you, a lot of people might think this case would now be you know, thrown out of court, but... Who knows what's going to happen? The court, you know, judge, high court judges and appeal court judges have a funny way of making their own decisions. But let's let's move on from that because I mean, look, it is tittle-tattle and fun. I mean, it does have massive implications. You know, freedom of the press and and mm. and, uh, and 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 uh, their influence they've got over and maybe everybody. an
0: extra season of the Crown.
1: It's definitely. I mean, it's, she's a whole series, <laughs> isn't she? Let's be honest. Um, but let's talk about the stuff about our, our elected representatives. So Geoffrey Cox, uh, the former Attorney General, still the Conservative MP, is still on the front page of some papers. The Mail splash is actually £5.5 million pound MP with no shame. This is how Sir Geoffrey Cox um, had lined his pockets as he moonlighted in his second job, of course, as a top lawyer, in which he, he did 10,700 hours um now that he does say he works a 70 hour week most MPs i think do actually do very long weeks i think they they really are mostly a very hard working bunch mm. i have to say that to you of whatever political hue but um he said look he's issued a very defiant statement saying yesterday saying look you know my voters know about my second job he's increased his majority at every uh, election he's in a safe tory seat he's got a majority i think more than like he's got like 60% of the votes or something um he he his thing is i do lots of work lots of extra work but i i work a long week it's now emerged also that he he has uh, done four proxy votes, not even just from the British Virgin Islands, where he was doing that work for the the government, that, but also that he's done four proxy votes for Mauritius, where he also has business interests. I mean, I want Sir Geoffrey Cox's job, by the way. Um, <laughs> great, well, this is wonderful. I get sent to you know to Lewisham, not not you know not to not to Mauritius. Perfectly nice. Um, yeah, perfectly nice, but not Mauritius. <laughs> I think even the good folk of Lewisham would agree. Um, but but is it an the Prime Minister when he arrived at COP twenty six yesterday, having spent half the. Half the day on the train um, because he apparently can't get a private jet there, he going to get a private jet back. Um, he basically said, Look, you know, MPs, we're not a corrupt country. Um, MPs should concentrate on their first job, they should do the job for the constituents, and if they're caught doing anything wrong, they should be punished. Bit of a change since the Owen Paterson debacle, Mm. Um, but do you think Geoffrey Cox is doing anything wrong?
0: Yes, I mean, look, just saying that it may be within the rules, as most of it appears to be. Though uh, Labour is calling for an investigation. Is not indeed. uh, You know that says to me that the rules aren't anything like tight enough. You know, it ought to be clear that this is not what his constituents sent him to Westminster to do. They did not send him to Westminster to get on a plane to another country to work for private interests. Indeed. The British Virgin Islands, I think, were accused of corruption by our very own Foreign Office. I mean, well, it, and he
1: had worked in the government for only just a few months earlier.
0: I find it incredibly, uh, incredibly dubious, but. You know, his defence of, oh, but my constituents have returned me repeatedly. Well, he has one of the safest Tory seats in the country. Yeah. You know, a pigeon with a blue rosette would yeah. get elected there. And so that is a very cynical line to take. I feel like we've rolled the clock back two, three hundred years where he thinks we should just be grateful that this, you know, posh, wise man dares to, to turn Here's up and vote every it, now and again.
1: I, mean, I have to say, I, I think it's one thing having a bit of a sideline, maybe one day a week and just being an efficient worker and still doing your job. But one if you're away for weeks on end, and you're actually in another country during parliamentary sitting time, et cetera, et cetera, even though it's not, as you say, against the rules, it um it doesn't it doesn't pass the smell test, I think, I mean, is the issue it's, here. It's, but it, but there's, no, there's no... I mean, this is all under the sort of Tory sleaze. It's not sleaze. He's not doing anything wrong. He's not doing... I mean, there's nothing criminal, there's nothing illegal. He's not even breaking the terms of his own employment. There are no employment rules regarding MPs.
0: But I think the vast majority of MPs and certainly the vast majority of the public would look at this and say that this is taking advantage of the position and not taking the job seriously. And also, today's Daily Mirror reports that he owns a home in London, but he then rents that out and charges the taxpayer for another second home.
1: Numerous MPs
0: do. Which
1: is also within the
0: rules. And yet, clearly, when he's claiming £1,900 a month, month which is right up at the top amount that he can claim for a second home yeah. while he owns one in london that is and extreme. doesn't
1: remotely need those that's, expenses that's to stupid. survive yeah. and then
0: on top of that he didn't even live in it for three months and still we were charged paying for it
1: now, it, it, you make a fair point. don't think Labour are uh, pointing out, we're going to talk to Lucy Powell on the Shenton's out of Cabinet later, that uh, only three Labour MPs have got directorships, 90, or consultancies, 90 Tories do. Um, they could argue that makes all Labour much cleaner, or, or is it no-one wants to pay the Labour MPs to do the job? They haven't got the background. A lot of Tory mm. MPs tend to come from business and legal backgrounds. But I tell you they?
0: what, a proper leader, if Boris Johnson was serious, would clean this up rather than obfuscate for two weeks. Except as he's, of course, has.
1: had many, many second jobs and rights, you know novels and doing other indeed, things. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the thing. I mean, maybe as a lot of people saying you should be up to the electorate.
0: The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley-Brewer on Talk Radio.
1: If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. A lot
0: can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance.